This is the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. And now your host, Avi Kravitz. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Avi Kravitz. Welcome to the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. I'm the senior editor of um, Rappaport News. And it's great to have you with us for another episode of the podcast. Um, on today's um, episode, we have a special guest with us, David Kelly, who is the managing director of the Natural Diamond Council, which relaunched from its previous incarnation as the Diamond Producers Association. It relaunched in June um, to, with a very different and new exciting direction that, uh, that we're going to discuss with David and uh, welcome, David. It's great to have you with us today. Hi, Abby. Thanks very much for having me. As was mentioned, we the NDC or the Natural Diamond Council relaunched in June, but really the, the, the most exciting development, I think, is that two weeks ago, you launched your first campaign, your first advertising campaign, um, essentially for the, for the holiday season. So, um, and that's created a lot of buzz around the trade, at least. Um, a lot of people are very excited, and I think rightly so, about the new ad and the, the campaign in general. Um, I know it's early days, but can we maybe start by you giving us some feedback on the momentum that the campaign has created since you rolled it out in, in mid-September? Yeah, I mean, it is only the, you know, the time we're recording this. It's about 10 days since we launched the campaign. Um, and so we're just beginning to see the very earliest response rates to it uh, from all of the major markets around the world. Uh, the response rates have been good. Engagement levels have been very high. Obviously, in the world of digital, you can see pretty quickly whether people are engaging with the content and what they're doing uh, in terms of whether they go to your website, whether they look at the jewellery, whether they that, that interest continues. So... Uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the initial response rate from has, uh, from the campaign has been very good. Uh, likewise, that's that's the US. Likewise, in China, I was looking at some data just yesterday, looking at how that's performing, and and we're getting very high engagement rates for the the content in China. Uh, and I haven't yet seen any uh, response rates in India. Um, but we did research the campaign in India before we went live there. And again, we had a, a, a very positive response to the, the idea of it being an international campaign. The, the fact that jewellery feels, uh, feels young, it celebrates various moments, uh, not just one particular moment. So at the moment, all the indications are, are very good. And, uh, and that gives us the confidence to, to, to continue down this path and uh, continue to maximize the, the reach of the campaign and, and as you mentioned it is an international campaign which is a it's a first for the industry i think and for the natural diamond council that generally we sort of um, customize our advertising for the u.s market for the chinese market the indian market etc and it was also first in that it used a, um, a celebrity in anna de armas who is the um, I, I guess she's best known for what she's going to do, being the next Bond actress. Were those um, decisions um, intentional? You know, what, what was the thinking behind creating a, um, firstly, well, an, an international campaign where, where the industry mindset generally is that it's, that demand is kind of localized? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think everybody knows now, I, I came into this, this role from outside the industry. My, my background is, is luxury marketing. And really, uh, I, 
I think that I was uh, appointed to the role on the basis that I, I did come from outside rather than looking from inside. And, and it, for those that are kind of specialists in, in luxury marketing, campaigns are always international. The, this consumer is, in, is a global consumer. They're inspired by uh, what's happening on a global basis. They want to feel part of, of, of a global culture. Um, and that's very different from commodities. Commodities, at the, at the, the lowest levels are always localized. They're always specific. They're always culturally tuned into local markets. And so part of, you know, part of my initial uh, review and feedback in taking on the role was that we have got to move from being a commodity to being a luxury. Women and men are buying diamonds and diamond jewelry predominantly for the emotional connection that it creates. They don't need to buy diamond jewelry. It's a desire. Uh, and that puts us firmly in the world of luxury. And, and everything we have to do and everything we're going to be doing is inspired by, driven by the positioning as a luxury brand, for want of a better word. Um, in terms of, of having a celebrity ambassador in, in Anadarmus, we, uh, we feel that the celebrity helps deliver a message if it's the right celebrity and, and, and Anna, the choice of Anna was for a number of reasons. Uh, she has a growing profile. She was nominated for a Golden Globe last year for the lead role in Knives Out. So she already has critical acclaim, but she is, she is going to grow. She, as you said, she's going to play the part of Paloma, uh, a very modern kick-ass Bond girl in the forthcoming Bond movie. She's then got another lead role in the, the Marilyn Monroe biopic called uh, Blondie that comes out on Netflix early next year. So she's someone that has, has got critical acclaim, but is she, her profile is going to be growing. She's, she's international. She's, she's Cuban by descent and, um, and moved to Spain. She is, uh, she's got amazing integrity uh, in our earliest discussions with her and her team was very much about who we are, what we're doing, about the industry, the ethics of the industry. She spent a lot of time on calls and on Zoom calls with members of our industry uh, to understand about the, the ethics, the social responsibility, about empowering women. Uh, and of course, she's beautiful as well. And the jewellery looks amazing on her, but she's... Um, We've really wanted someone who, who could carry the campaign and extend the reach of it and have that authority and credibility in terms of what we do. So uh, I know we put it together in a very short period of time. Uh, I, I'm very fortunate to have a very diligent and hardworking team. And, uh, and all this came, this came together in during, obviously, the, the height of the pandemic. Um, but we, we just we, we know how important this is for the industry. We know that this is uh, it's an amazing industry full of amazing people, amazing talent, amazing innovation. But it just needs a, a, a large amount of energy and focus to drive those messages to the consumer. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're very pleased with the outcome. Um, we are we're, we're very confident that the initial, the initial response rate has been good. And, um, and we look forward to continuing on this path um, in the future. Will Anna's involvement extend beyond the filming and production of the, of the advert? Will she be doing an additional work to promote Diamonds and further the com- campaign beyond that initial launch? Yes. I mean, I, I won't go into the, the technical details of our um, partnership with her, but we, we hope that this will be a long-term partnership. 
Uh, you know, we have a great relationship with her. She's really enjoyed working with with us and our community. So we hope that it's going to be a long-term partnership. Uh, we would, it would be great if we can do more work with her in the spring, particularly around advocacy for the industry. Uh, obviously, it's difficult at the moment because of the uh, we don't know what the, the immediate future looks like in terms of people's ability to travel and uh, uh, and see other parts of the industry. So um, I can't commit to anything, but but we really hope so because. Um, she she just she's just a voice for the consumer. She's uh, uh, as I said, her, her ethical standards, her integrity, uh, her newness. She wasn't she was brought up in Cuba, as I said. She's not she wasn't born into uh, privilege. She's discovering diamonds and diamond jewelry as as she becomes more successful, and uh, uh, and that's great. But so yeah, I mean, so we we hope so, um, but we just need to see what the world looks like as we start to emerge from the crisis. One of the points that you brought up when we spoke around the relaunch in back in June was that you really want to create a younger voice for the diamond industry, and that your and secondly that your target audience is um, sort of around the eight hundred dollar to five thousand um, dollar price range, and it feels like the ad um, sort of encapsulates that. I wonder when you were initially developing the campaign. And you met with the director of the of the advert, uh, Manu Kasu. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Who's who's a, a renowned uh, director for um, successful campaigns in the past? But what did your um, conversation with him um, look like? And what was the message that you brought to him when you first discussed the campaign? Yeah, I mean, we did. I mean, successful campaigns start you know a long time before filming, and we spent. Uh, uh, it was a relatively short period of time, but it was a very intense period of time back in January and February when I first took on this role. Is really looking at different industries, different brands, the consumer, and and looking at what works best amongst those audiences. So we looked at other luxury brands, we looked at fragrance brands. Fragrance brands are a good parallel because although the cost of fragrance is relatively low, they too are creating this very very strong emotional dream to a very broad audience. And so we looked at a lot of fragrance commercials and said, look, how do they work? What is inspiring about those? Um, and really, we, we took the best parts of, of all of those in terms of the attitude, the image. We wanted it to be highly desirable. We wanted it to be uh, to make personal connections. Um, we wanted, but, a, but we want to layer on top of that something that which you don't see in luxury very often and, and fashion, and that is that we wanted a happiness, we wanted a joy from that, we wanted, uh, we wanted uh, to present diamonds and diamond jewellery as being a celebration. And, and that's very different. Tradi- traditionally, luxury and diamond jewellery have been presented in a very kind of formal atmosphere. It's been presented in a way that is, uh, it is about dressing up, it's about going out, it's you know, we all remember the campaigns of your mother's diamonds, your grandmother's diamonds. It, it was always being presented as, as, as diamonds not being so uh, not being so day to day. And I don't mean that in a commodity way, but it's diamond jewellery is is for all moments, all occasions, for day to day. And so we just wanted to bring a, a kind of freshness to it. Uh, Manu had uh, previously directed some of the, the top commercials in the world that, that we were inspired by. Um, but we just wanted to bring a slightly different tone to it. So uh, 
again, fortunately, we work with an agency that done a wonderful storyboard. The, there's a lot of discussion then on the storyboard with Mano, and uh, but he got it straight away. And, and again, it was it was a pleasure to work with him and his team, uh, with Anna and, and her team. And, and that's really that, that's what really makes things successful is when you've got a very very clear vision, a very clear story, and that everyone buys into that, they like it, in fact, and then they add to it, and and it brings in that personality to it. So. Um, so yeah, it's, it was an intense time. We uh, we shot the campaign in July in Portugal, and it was uh, uh, it was just it's very challenging for people to travel, as you know, and uh, just all sorts of logistics around it. So these campaigns are complicated at the best of times, and uh, and in this case, it was uh, exacerbated by the significant challenges of travel in, during the height of the pandemic. But we're very fortunate that with everyone's commitment, we uh, we got through it, and, and and everyone has now you know has has now seen what um, you know the output from that campaign shoot. Mm, and and the, and the focus now then is for the holiday season, um, and and that I would imagine extends through um, Diwali in in India, um, you know the the Christmas and and holiday season in in the US and Europe, and then the Chinese New Year in. Um, in China, am I right in, in assuming this this campaign will run through to around February March? Is it is that the the plan? Yeah, it'll actually run later. I mean, uh, from the campaign, you'll see in there there's various moments, such as the celebration of the the relationship between Anna and the the actor, the relationship between Anna and her mother, and the relationship between Anna and friends, and. And that was intentionally done so that we can then start to break that up into focus moments. So, for example, around Valentine's Day, we'll be using, uh, we'll be specifically focusing on the assets that that connect in relationships. Around Mother's Day, uh, which varies depending on where you are in the world, we'll be able to break down those assets and use the um, the Anna with her mother assets to really focus on that relationship. So. Uh, the campaign was intentionally built such that we have one master campaign that then gets broken down into the different segments as we get into particular purchase occasions. So, and as you said, those will vary slightly in different parts of the world, uh, depending on when those occasions are. But we have an enormous amount of, of both photographic and video assets that will be you'll continue to see over the course of the next year. Okay. I mean, am I getting ahead of myself when I ask, are you planning the next campaign? Is, is there a follow-up um, already in the works? Uh, we are not doing that just yet. We, I think probably we would start to look at that in March, April time of next year. Okay. So uh, this, will run, this will run for a year. So yeah, probably around March, April time is when then start to look at what a full holiday campaign would look like for 2021. Okay, and, and at that point, um, looking back, how does one measure the success of this campaign? What metrics should we be looking out for now that will that will measure your success? So in terms of the pure media marketing success, as I said, most of I think about 85% of the total campaigns digital. So yes, we're on linear TV uh, as, as well, but uh, this audience is predominantly on digital, on streaming devices, etc. So the benefit of that is that you can see very uh, almost immediately to what extent people are engaging with the campaign and what they're then doing. 
and as I said earlier on, what that what that's showing us is that people are are engaging with it. They're clicking through to our website. Uh, once they're in the website, they're very specifically going to the jewellery and saying what's jewel, what the jewellery is that's in the campaign. So, so digital gives us that the ability to see how the marketing media works. And then in terms of the bigger picture is um, a, a good indicator is Google and, and whether more people are searching for diamond jewellery through Google and uh, and the analysis coming in before, um, through since the launch of the Natural Diamond Council is and clearly coming off the back of the pandemic is that uh, searches for diamond jewellery on Google are about 10% higher than last year. And, and if you look back over of Google, on Google over the last 10 years, Google is the biggest single indicator of success of a brand, of a product, uh, of a story because it's spontaneous. Are more consumers spontaneously saying, I would like your product or your brand? Um, and again, that's something I, I, I look at daily and say, are, are more people coming in? Are, are we driving an interest in the category? Um, because that's, that's our, our, our end role. While we're on the subject of the campaign, as I mentioned, it really has created a, a buzz with, within the industry who've been calling out for stronger promotional activity within the, from the industry and, and what's known or referred to as generic marketing activity. And, um, and this has kind of breathed a bit of uh, a sigh of relief or enabled them a sigh of relief that, that we have this at our disposal now. So I know that the NDC is a consumer-facing initiative, but I would like to touch on your relationship with the trade. My question is twofold. Firstly, what is your expectation from the trade with regards to advancing this campaign? And secondly, how can your average diamond tear or jeweler get involved in using the campaign to their benefit on a, on a micro level? Yes, and our, our first priority is, the, is, members, is members and parts of the industry that are, de, are speaking directly to the consumer. So that is predominantly retailers, whether they be bricks and mortar, um, online or a combination of the two, uh, and then press, bloggers, influencers, etc. So... If, if our, um, our mission is to grow the desirability of diamonds and diamond jewellery, that's our first priority is who, who else is speaking to the consumer? How do we influence them? Um, and it's one of the, it's really the next big phase of the Natural Diamond Council. So phase one was launching ourselves under the new name, the new identity, the new platforms, the new website, etc. cetera. Uh, phase two is the, is the launch of this major campaign. Um, Phase three is where we really then get into, okay, how do we really grow very, very serious, very large partnerships with retailers, with press, with influencers, et cetera? Because we, we have good relationships. We have good personal relationships with, with many retailers. Um, but we have to do more in terms of getting this message out through, through those partners. And, uh, and my background immediately before this role was working with, uh, the Swiss watch industry. And, and again, if we're looking outside of our own industry and looking at other close industries, what the Swiss watch industry does very well is create brands. They have a great control of the message. They have great presence in stores, online, uh, on e-commerce platforms, etc. And that's, that's my ambition for what we should do as an industry and particularly the Natural Diamond Council is how do we how do we build our positioning, build our partnerships with retailers, 
such that uh, we have that same um, presence and authority uh, in stores online um, as as the Swiss watch brands do. Okay, uh, that seems more of a, a long-term goal, though. When a, your average jeweler looks at the campaign and sees that sees some um, very effective marketing um, at their disposal, how how can they tap into that for the holiday season, for example? Is there is there marketing material that they can use um, that the NDC is making available to them? Can they, um, you know, can they use the the advert itself, both um, digital and um, video and and print in their stores. Yeah. So retailers can go to our website, naturaldiamonds.com, and on there we have a trade. We have a trade portal, uh, and in that trade portal we have uh, we have all of the marketing materials that can be used. So uh, they were all uploaded um, in the last few days. They're all ready to use. Um, they they can go on there, sign in, and, and pick up the the assets from there. Um, Specifics vary slightly by individual market because they you know, we have different teams in each market with um, the retail um, network have slightly different needs. But yes, we have a we have a portal with campaign assets uh, in there, both for in the store and for uh, and for digital. Okay, I'm I'm sure a lot of people will, will appreciate that. The other thing that you've um, rolled out in the last few weeks. Um, along with the campaign, has been your holiday trend report. I, I was wondering, it seems that that's one one aspect that, again, the trade can play a role. Um, can you talk us through some of the findings of the report? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe if I just go back a, a step first, Abby, and again, just, just looking at other industries. The fashion industry has, um, the fashion industry is being built on trends and fashion. Obvious thing to say, most of us don't need new clothes in our wardrobe, but we go out and buy clothes because trends change uh, in all sorts of different ways. And the way that the fashion industry has done that is historically that the, the, the designer brands had um, runway shows six months ahead of the market. Um, and from that, the press, journalists, editors would pick up trends and would then six months later would talk about them, uh, and write about them. But likewise, retailers across the whole of the spectrum, whether it be at the value end of the of retail, companies like H&M, or the luxury end of that would then pick up on the trends and adapt those and specifically for their audience, irrespective of where they were on the price hierarchy of that. And that, what that means is that the, the two things, one is the consumer reads about trends in, in magazines, on TV, digital, etc. But then when they also go into stores, they also see derivatives of those trends that are made applicable for them. What we as an industry have done is that we haven't done that. We have trends have kind of evolved through consumer behavior rather than us helping to define the trends. And because of that, the trends happen slowly. They don't happen. They, they generally aren't connected. What's in the press is, is generally ahead of what's in the stores because the reaction hasn't been there quick enough. So a major opportunity for our industry is to get aligned behind trends uh, such that we can then maximize the visibility of those trends, uh, whether it be in press, whether it be in our advertising campaigns, our websites, uh, but also make sure that, that retailers and the industry is connected in with those trends in a, um, in a more responsive manner. 
So the trends, so we are very fortunate to have a great, um, a great uh, group of people that have come together to, uh, uh, to help put together the trends for us. They are uh, a mixture of editors, stylists, people connected in Hollywood. They are the experts in seeing where the consumer is going, uh, what, what they're, they're starting to see that will filter down then into, a, into the retail networks and into consumers. And so that's really the origin of the trend report. And I know we kind of launched our first trend report in June, and, and this is new to the industry. Um, but trends, if it, it, for us to grow this industry at, at the rate that I believe it has the potential to do, trends and, and, and inspiring the consumer to buy jewellery is, is going to play a major part uh, in how we do that. Um, you know, some of the trends that, you know, that have been, um, that, that you know, we are seeing is, is the, is the sentimental, uh, the, um, the connections with people, the, uh, the, the just the, the uniqueness, the individuality of jewellery. And I, I know it's, it, it's a strange thing to say, but coming out of such a global crisis and, and the pandemic, diamond jewellery is clearly a way that people are connecting with each other. As I said, you can see it in the way people are, are behaving online. You can see the way that they're shopping. So, so one of the big trends is diamond jewelry that connects with people. Uh, it's sentimental. It's it's unique. It's individual. Uh, that's there. So, so yeah, there's a lot in the trend report. We're about to uh, we're about to distribute it in the next few days to the industry. Uh, we've give, we gave a, we've just given a preview to press, um, and we're following up on press stories, but. The trend reports will become a major part of what we do to to inspire consumers to uh, to be constantly updating their jewelry wardrobe uh, with new collections. As far as I understand, you under, you identify four um, four trends, and, and we'll we'll put those in our notes of the for the podcast. But it's interesting what you said about um, the industry being sort of slow to respond to to trends, and and it seems that there's a shift that you're trying to put into effect from being sort of from to be a push rather than a pull industry. So it's the, the industry that influences the consumer, the, the consumer taste rather than the, the other way around. Um, is, is that a correct uh, assessment? Yeah. And it's what, and it's, it's what the Bears were doing when they were category marketing 15 plus years ago. Mm. They were, they, in that case, they were looking at, you know, one specific type of ring or jewellery uh, and getting behind that. Um, we think the consumer has changed now and as much as it's not necessarily about one specific design or piece of jewellery, but it's about a trend and a style of how people wear jewellery, um, what they buy um, for it. But it's, as I say, so it's, 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 it, historically it's been a very successful way of growing this industry is to create trends and styles that the consumer sees as being new and that the, the industry gets behind. Mm. It's just that what we're doing now is adapting that to this new audience, which is, uh, which is different, but is still triggered by the same motivation. Right. And the, and the ideal scenario would be that um, your diamond manufacturer even is um, tapping into that trend already. You know, with that in in mind, as uh, as it works, as as the as a diamond tear works with the jewelry designer and, and the jewelry um, uh, manufacturer, 
they have that specific, that sort of type of um, of jewelry in mind that will a influence the consumer, but also drive their production and drive demand for their product. Yes, and we knew we knew in shooting this campaign that the the the, the biggest single miss from it was not being able to go to the industry really before the campaign launched and talk through the jewellery that was going to be featured in the campaign that therefore allowed manufacturers and retailers to to um, to buy into that jewellery in anticipation of the campaign. So what was, uh, so, so we know that was a big miss for us. Um, and it just came, it was, it, it largely came about because of the speed that we were working at. It came about through the the, the pandemic and knowing that a lot of people weren't buying specifically uh, for the campaign, you know, in, in the industry. It's been a, such a strange year for everyone. So the industry hasn't been functioning properly this year because of the pandemic. So, but going forward into next year, what we really want to do is to get ahead of that and say, look, in anticipation of the campaigns and what we're promoting, as well as the trend reports, get specifically into the products that we're going to be featuring. Uh, to give the industry, give the manufacturers, and give the retailers the time to ensure that that that, that product is in the is in the stores when the consumer demand is there. Um, we know, for example, that some of the jewellery that is featured in the campaign has sold out, and that's that's it's exciting that the consumer the, the consumer has been influenced to do that. Um, it's disappointing that that consumers want something that we're not then able to. Uh, yeah, to give them. So it's, it's, as I said, it's the one, we knew it was the one miss coming in that just because of the pandemic and because of the speed at which we were working, we couldn't, uh, we just couldn't get into a position to be able to share that in advance, but that is our intent going forward. Mm, that, that's interesting. And, and I think actually there's, there's still time for the holiday season to, um, to capitalize on those designs and those, um, that type of jewelry that is, that is on display in the in the campaign. Yes, there still is time, and I think it would be interesting and an interesting gauge of the campaign if jewelers and diamonds do tap into the the design elements of the jewelry that's um that's on display at the in the campaign. Yeah, and we have uh, and sorry, and to that point, Abby, again on naturaldiamonds.com, we've got a, a whole microsite there that's dedicated to the campaign. It features all of the jewellery that's in the campaign. It's both the kind of the, we've got probably 10 major pieces that are focused on. I think it's just over 50 pieces that are that are featured in the campaign. So all of that information is on naturaldiamonds.com uh, for anybody to see. And, uh, and as, as we said earlier on, this campaign is going to run us, uh, this campaign and derivatives of this campaign will run all the way through, uh, at least halfway through next year. So. It's not too late for the holiday, and it's certainly not too late to, um, you know, for the first half of next year. Um, thank you, and I, th- I think people will will appreciate that uh, that resource. Before we we close up, I would like to turn our attention um, away from the campaign a bit and toward the um, NDC's general activities since you relaunched in in June, and and the the big change. I think the for me anyway, the big. Um, change in uh, in focus was a, sh- a clear shift towards content and being a publishing outlet for the industry and um, and so I wonder if uh, over over the last you know three or four months that you've um, since the relaunch can you give us an update on 
what the response has been to the NDC's publishing activities. Um, you know, you mentioned that Google is a is a good way to to assess the um, the success of a campaign, and and I'm sure you have a lot of data um, pointing to the engagement in your um, in your content on uh, on your website. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually way surpassed surpassed our most optimistic opt- uh, our most optimistic forecast. Um, we were, you know, I, I, you know, from my background in fashion, we weren't getting anything like the engagement levels that that we're now getting in net, the content that we've got on the on our digital platforms. And to put that into perspective, by December time, we will be about 150 times more traffic coming into our website than before we launched as the the Natural Diamond Council. So we're not talking about small percentages increase. I'm, I'm sure if I said to everyone, we're doing 50% better, everyone would go, oh, that's a good performance. We're not. It's 150 times the traffic that's coming into our website. Uh, on Instagram, we're getting 100 times the engagement that we were before we launched as the Natural Diamond Council. So on the website, the, when the, the traffic that's coming in there is staying on the website for twice as long as they were before. So. All of these metrics are very exciting because what it tells me is that this consumer, this younger demographic of consumer, she still loves diamonds. She still loves diamond jewelry, but we've just got to speak to her in the right way. And if you speak to her in the right language uh, and you inspire her, it, it's transformative for our industry. And uh, so it's very exciting. It's um, even back in July, uh, even the forecast I did back in July for traffic to the website, it looks like we're going to double that forecast. So uh, it's it really is transformative in what we do. It, it then becomes self-fulfilling because we have uh, wonderful contributors to the website. We've got brands, we've got editors, um, and more and more people are now coming to us and saying, you're the number one platform in the world for diamond jewellery. We want to give you our latest news, our excitement, our innovation on your platform. So we've got a lot of things coming up through the holiday period that I can't disclose yet that are are incredible. They're exclusives that have never been seen before in our industry. And, um, you know, and we'll continue on this mission of us being the most authoritative voice in our industry on a global basis. So. So, yes, it, it, it's very exciting. And, uh, and obviously we're going to build on that as we continue, but it's hard for us to believe that it's, that it is only four months ago that we started uh, on this path. Uh, and already we're getting the kind of numbers and engagement that are, that are a multiple of, of what we anticipated. That, that is very um, exciting and, ve- and very encouraging. And I know that when, uh, just my own observation, when people talk about the, um, the Natural Diamond Council, there is a change in their tone um, you know, there is sort of a lighter um, attitude towards it and, and a younger feel about, about the operation overall. David, one of the things that you, you mentioned when, when we spoke back in June was that your, your, one of your goals was to transform the, that industry mindset to one of confidence in its product rather than, you know, the, the industry has, has traditionally sort of been very reactive particularly to the threats around it, um, such as synthetics, et cetera. So um, I wonder if you have noticed, I know it's been a very challenging period um, given, the, given COVID, um, et cetera, but 
have you noticed a change in the, or how do you assess the level of confidence in the trade at the moment, considering all of the above? Yeah, it depends on the definition of confidence. And what I would say is that I really, really appreciate the, all, the, all the support from the industry. Um, you know, and the industry is, is very honest and, uh, and I'm sure would tell me if we were, uh, if they didn't agree with what we're doing, but, but more than that, in, when you're trying to change things and you're trying to move forward, it's, it's great to have the support of so many people, so many people sharing what we do, commenting on it, because that gives us the confidence to, that gives us the confidence to keep moving forward. Um, I think I've stated previously, uh, just some statistics. In the last 14 years, the luxury industry has grown uh, three and a half times. Global GDP has doubled in that time. Uh, our industry has only gone up 50%. So from those very basic numbers, our industry should be twice the size that it is, without a doubt. There's nothing holding us back. The only thing holding back our industry is ourselves. And uh, the consumer loves our products. Uh, we have wonderful innovation. Um, but we have to speak to the consumer and we, one of our challenges going forward will be how do we do that at scale? Um, the Natural Diamond Council is very fortunate to have very supportive members uh, in the mining companies. But for us really to explode this to the potential that it has, we are going to be, you know, more people are going to have to step up and say, how do I support this? How do we invest more heavily in this? Because without a doubt, we, we can break this this cycle of pessimism uh, and challenges to be one of opportunities. Um, the, everything that we've done so far in the last four months tells me the consumer will buy more diamonds and diamond jewelry if we present it in the right way to them. And, and really our challenge to the whole industry is how do we come together and do that in a way that generates sufficient investment levels um, and, this, and that enables us to speak to the consumer more often with what we do. And I am very optimistic. I'm very excited. Uh, I love the challenge of, of getting us to where I know we can be. But also that can be slightly tainted with frustration, saying, come on, we need to do this. We need to do this together. Uh, we need everyone in this industry not to say it's somebody else's challenge to do that, but say, look, how can I help? How can I support? How can we invest more into these messages and the storytelling that we're doing? And so really that, that's our next phase is to, is, uh, my mission was always to, uh, to rebrand, to relaunch, uh, what was the DPA is the Natural Diamond Council, uh, then to launch the campaign, uh, to have a proof of concept to show that it works. And then, then safe industry, we can do this. We have got so much potential. This, this industry has got more growth potential than pretty much any other industry coming out of this pandemic. And, uh, and so my work, my challenge, my opportunity is to bring this industry together to try and figure out how we are, how we're going to do that. Um, and if we can do that, then we only have great times ahead of us. I am very, very confident in that. I'm not going to argue. And, and I think that that's a, it's a great optimistic uh, place to um, sort of close off the, of the podcast. I, I do think that it's a, it's a long-term goal. I think we are better positioned for the holiday season than we would have been otherwise, um, given the, you know, in, in terms of the, in the context of the pandemic and, and the um, difficult um, economic period that we're all going through. I think the industry appreciates the um, investment in advertising 
um, and effective advertising and the, and the sort of the change in, in tone that, uh, that, that we hope will bring about a, a, a bit of excitement about diamonds and natural diamonds in the, um, among consumers. So it's appreciated and, and uh, you know, we, we appreciate the effort. So, so thank you so much for joining us, David, and giving us an update on the campaign and the activity of the, um, of the Natural Diamond Council. Well, thanks, Javi. I, I very much appreciate your support and, uh, and, and all the team at Rappaport um, and the general industry. It's, uh, we, it's a wonderful industry. We've got so many amazing people in this industry that, uh, that's, I, I, as I said, I believe so much in the potential of this industry and, uh, and the great things that we can do. And, uh, and I appreciate everything you're doing uh, and everyone around you to, to be a part of that. So thank you very much. Super, thank you. And uh, thanks everyone for joining us and, and we'll see you next time on the Rapport Diamond podcast. <laughs>